At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you here on a Monday, July 19th. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander for the next two weeks. Number five on the desk, number seven behind the glass. So there you go. We equal 12, Jason. I, I don't know if that has any relevance at all. But we equal the number 12 in the amount of producers. Tom Brady's number. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any significance. But uh, Jason Kahn is always doing a great job behind the glass. And I'm happy to be with you for the next two weeks here on A Numbers Game. Uh, before we get to our guy, Adam Stanko, who will be with us in four minutes from now at uh, 11.05 Eastern time to talk about game number six of the NBA Finals. And then, of course, at the end of the hour, 11.45, Matt Hamilton, my good buddy, uh, who works on uh, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, will will be critiquing my thoughts that I give throughout the show on the AFC North, a uh, Baltimore Raven preview coming in 25 minutes from now at 8.25 Pacific, 11.25 Eastern Time. But I want to piggyback off of something Paul Spore said there, and, and it has to do with the Boston Red Sox and the AL East. Because I look, I'm going to lose my un, my preseason under on the Red Sox unless if things really get bad. I had under eight and a half, eighty and a half, I should say, under eighty and a half wins. They're fifty six and thirty eight already. They're going to have to really be a dumpster fire down the stretch in order for that to win. I've already chalked it up in my uh, in my spreadsheet as a loser. But you look at this this team 
And look, the handicap before the season is, oh, I know, I, look, I understand they have Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, who I think is one of the best young hitters in, in the game. Oh, and a J.D. Martinez guy's still pretty good. But the pitching stinks. And the pitching was so far over their heads the first half of the season. And as Paul said, you're starting to see some regression to the mean on home run suppression, which means they're starting to give up home runs again, which when you play in Fenway Park, you're going to give up home runs. That's just the nature of the beast playing in that ballpark, and especially in this division, too, where you look at, oh, Yankee Stadium's a softball field. We know that. Camden Yards, Hitters Park. Uh, Toronto, they're going back north of the border, a little more fair than what it's been in Buffalo, but leaning Hitters Park, obviously, Tampa, we know the trop, uh, not the not the finest of establishments, to put it nicely, and uh, a pitcher's park. But look, I, I I know it's a big number, but the Toronto Blue Jays at eleven to one, I think, is worth a shot if you can get that steep of a number still. And a BetMGM on our screen it says you can. That lineup is potent, and I understand. Yes, same sort of issues as Boston. I understand that. How is Robbie Ray is not a legitimate ace like he's been so far this year. And you've kind of been piecing it together. I know Hyunjin Ryu is a really, a really good pitcher and a legitimate number one in that staff. But Steven match Matt's pitched over his head at the beginning of this year. Ross Stripling's pretty darn average. So it's really been just a piece together so far for the Toronto, the Toronto blue Jays. But look, I don't think you can understate how big it is that they're going to be going back home and playing games in Toronto again, knowing where you're playing and not having to live out of the suitcase again, like the blue Jays have now for all of last season. And now all of this season going up to July 30th, when they return home and play the Kansas city Royals, which will be their first series back at Rogers center, North of the border. I think 11 one you're getting, you're getting a really good price on a team that can really hit and look the best run differential in, in the American league East by far resides with the Toronto blue Jays. I think that's worth a dabble at 11 to one. And, and sure. Look, I understand that they have to hop both Boston and Tampa. And we know Tampa knows how to win in a regular season for sure. But at 11 to one, that's a great number on the Toronto blue Jays. I would take a shot on that uh, going into this week, six games behind Boston, but they get Three in Buffalo against the Red Sox starting tonight. The the Jays are a slight favored with Stripling going on the mound tonight against Nick Pavetta. I think that is well worth a shot, though, at a bloated price like that on the Toronto Blue Jays to win the American League East. And at least at a bare minimum, I think you're getting a pretty nice sweat out of that one. Also, too, the White Sox and the Astros, boy, I hope we see that playoff series in some form. Those teams are both really darn good, even though none of those games were really close this weekend on the South side with the White Sox taking two out of three from the Strohs, a good start to the second half. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. And now we'll go to Adam Stenko now with 24 seven sports at Naismith lives on the tweets. One of the best handles out there on Twitter, Adam, I, Adam, I haven't talked to you in a pandemic. It's great to catch up with you this morning. It's great to talk to you, Jeff. I was excited to hear that you were on and uh, pumped to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. First off, uh, congratulations on on the new, on the new gig. Uh, uh, Nashville is a, a heck of a town, as you know. So uh, I know you're excited 
uh, to, to move cross country. But Thank but you. Adam, let's uh, let's go into what we saw in Game Five. Phoenix gets out to the massive lead. Uh, look, when you shoot fourteen to nineteen in the fourth quarter, it's uh, or excuse me, in the first quarter, you're gonna you're gonna get out to a pretty nice start. And then the second quarter, Milwaukee took control of the game. Uh, actually, led at halftime after a forty three twenty four second quarter, and then we know how it ended. The steal, the pause, the oop, the jam, and Milwaukee has the three games to two lead after the 123-119 win. But, Adam, in these three games that we've seen from Milwaukee here, what has been the thing that has impressed you the most in this turnaround from the Bucs? You know, it's interesting because with all the Giannis talk, it's it's hard to not, again, bring up Giannis. Like, you want to come up with some unique angle to this game and something you're seeing that stands out. And certainly, you know, obviously the the offensive effort uh, from Drew Holiday, which we know he's capable of, and all of a sudden that that explosion has, has recently happened uh, for him. He's, his confidence is back offensively and all those things, the defensive play that he made with that steal. But, but I think Giannis's decision-making with the ball has really been a, a difference maker for me. It's the fact that, they're putting him in unique situations now. They're not just having him attack, bringing the ball up the floor, trying to take his guy one-on-one where the help defender can come and provide help quickly. Instead, what's happening is they're doing a lot of him giving the ball up, reposting, taking advantage when there isn't help defenders around. And then in addition to that, when the double team is coming and he is going downhill, he's making quick kickouts like a like a lead guard would. So he's he's become the best, I said before, the best center in the league during this series and also at the same time uh, he's playing like an elite uh, lead guard. So that is impossible to deal with, uh, especially because he's got, we know he has great vision, but at his size, he sees over the defense. He's making some wonderful passes and I don't even think getting enough credit for all that he's doing in that regard. And Adam, the most amazing part of this whole thing for Giannis is we didn't even know if he was going to be even be able to play in this series with right. the knee. Like the the injury in Game Four in Atlanta looked, looked horrible, and and now playing at such a high level. If the Bucks close this out, Giannis is going to be the MVP of this series. And Adam too. It's odd to say this about a two time MVP, but it 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 took this. It took this in the finals for everyone to realize. Oh, yeah, this guy won two MVPs and is legitimately a top five player in this league, a top three player in this league. Oh, without question. It's weird to think about how he was underappreciated. And, I mean, the accolades just add up. I mean, last year winning MVP and defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, you you just don't see that happen, obviously, in the league and well-deserved defensive player of the year at that. So, uh, the fact that he was taking the Bucks to uh, number one seeds in the East for the last couple of seasons. There's so much that Giannis has done that has, has sort of flown under the radar because of their lack of postseason success. And, and at such a young age, I mean, we're talking about a guy now 26 years old, so he's getting crushed for things at 25 and younger, uh, which other players, you know, get put on lists, like the best players in the NBA, 25 or younger. He's expected to lead his team to a championship. And and I think the addition, obviously, again, it, bringing in Drew Holiday, it was, hey, let's make an adjustment here uh, from a front office perspective. I love what they did. They said the last couple seasons we won because we had Giannis and we were deep and we tried to attack the regular season that way and win a lot of games. And this year it was about how do we win in the postseason and bringing in Drew Holiday, who also is one of the more underappreciated players in the league. When you talk to players around the league, they'll tell you that Drew Holiday is one of their favorite guards. He, he constantly gets brought up among his peers as an underappreciated player. And for what he can do defensively, obviously we saw that last game, 
but also offensively. Again, saw that last game. Uh, Drew Holiday was a difference maker. They knew they needed in the playoffs. So now you shorten your rotation and you have Drew Holiday. And when all three of those guys are scoring and they can put up over 120 points, I mean, they are a tough matchup because of what we already know the Bucs can do defensively. Adam, let's look at this from the Phoenix side. Of course, Adam Stanko with us right now of 24-7 Sports. Up 2-0. And look, we we, we can't all... We, we can't get caught up in all the noise because after it was 2-0, it was like, oh, Phoenix mm. is going to steamroll their way to an NBA title. Right. And, of course, it's it's now 3-2 to two Milwaukee, and now it's the flip side of the series is over. But for Phoenix, what what needs to happen here in game six to turn the ship around and get this series back home? Because, hey, look, it, Chris Paul was bad in game four. It's pretty good in game five, but, of course – because this is all narrative-based, Chris Paul's getting crushed uh, after playing pretty darn well in Game 5. But what's the biggest thing for Phoenix? Is it something offensively that needs to change, or is it uh, as easy as just, hey, put Giannis on the line and just make him make free throws the whole game? I mean, I think somewhere in in between. It's interesting because you talk about two Devin Booker 40-point games that resulted in Phoenix Suns' losses. That's what would scare me the most because those aren't going to keep up. So, My first question going into Milwaukee is where's the offensive production coming from, especially because we know role players on the road in critical situations in the playoffs, never mind the NBA finals, oftentimes struggle. So are we going to get a great offensive effort again from Mikhail Bridges, who shot the ball really well last game? We're going to need that offensive productivity to be up. Jay Crowder um, campaign. There's going to be other players who are going to have to make a difference offensively because we're no, we know we're not going to get that same production from from Devin Booker also from the Phoenix perspective I would I would say that Chris Paul as you point out the narrative is is always that way that you know we sort of take it like oh Chris Paul has fallen apart well you know you got the one turnover um he was distributing the ball well I think the thing for him though I look at is his numbers home compared to on the road in this series his scoring is dramatically down when he was in playing in in Milwaukee so again I'm worried because you're not going to have Devin Booker's productivity in terms of offense. You're not going to have it from Chris Paul in terms of scoring. So now, again, where did those offensive numbers come from? Meanwhile, while trying to find a way to stop Giannis, I think one of the things I'd look at is, as Giannis is attacking downhill and making that kickout pass, do you have your hands up? Are you able to knock balls away and get loose ball turnovers, um, You know, get live ball turnovers, which then result in in uh, in fast break points the other way. I think Phoenix is going to have to get themselves some easy buckets, score, and also get DeAndre Ayton involved. And if that means getting Giannis in foul trouble, uh, that's going to be huge. One of the things that I think never gets talked about enough: DeAndre Ayton, for as talented as he is, and I love him as a player, and I love how far along he's come um, since since joining the Suns. But he doesn't have great hands, and so he misses Mm -hmm. out on a lot of rebounds he should have. He misses out on a lot of entry passes he should have. He's got to stay focused, and he has to be a major part of what they're doing because you can always score with your big, even on the road, whereas shots might not fall, uh, especially in a in a Game 6 NBA Finals game. And you, and you brought it up, too. The one, one, A, the Devin Booker back-to-back 40-point games resulting in losses is something you, you're almost never going to see for Phoenix. And also, too, he had 81 combined points between Booker, Paul, and, and Aiden in Game number 5, and it still was not enough for exactly. Phoenix, uh, just just looking at this from the the coaching perspective uh, here, Adam, and and look, I, I, I I've I've gone after Budenholzer in the past, and I've gone after him in this postseason, but he has done a few things in this series 
that he was unwilling to do in the past. The rotation is short Mm -hmm. in this NBA Finals. He has made uh, defensive adjustments, and and he did it in the Brooklyn series as well, that have really worked out. Uh, Just uh, for for a guy who has been seen in the past as an underachiever, just what are your thoughts on what Budenholzer has been able to do to help his team along? Of course, it helps that Giannis is playing all world right now. Sure, sure. But I think he does deserve, I think you're absolutely right. I think he does deserve a ton of t- credit. I think his feel for, for the rotation has been awesome. When he's played Bobby Portis, for instance, uh, has been huge. And he's, he's putting guys in positions to succeed. And you bring it up. I mean, in the past, I think the biggest knock you'd say on Budenholzer again, and I obviously mentioned it earlier, and you just said it again, was this idea that he, he would win based on depth. He, he won a lot in the regular season based on playing a lot of guys. And you can do that in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, it's different. Every possession is so critical. Um, every missed shot is huge. Every missed opportunity is huge. And so now he has shortened his bench to the idea that, you know, seven guys played 19 minutes or more. They only played eight guys total. And I thought that was that was huge for them. Um, you know, and the fact that he's been willing to do that and make that change, obviously, again, put Giannis in different positions to succeed. It's one thing to say Giannis is great and he is. And he, as you point out, has been all world. There's talk now, even if they lose it, he could be finals MVP. But the truth is that they made adjustments with Giannis. It wasn't just a case of, okay, he, he was injured first game. So let's just see how things go moving forward. Like I said, using a lot of repost opportunities, getting him to catch the ball in different situations so he can attack easier, and then having him kick out in the situations that he is to initiate the offense. I think all of those things, Budenholzer has to get credit for him for as much as he's been knocked in the past. I think he deserves the credit now. Adam, as we we shift ahead to tomorrow night, Milwaukee right now a five-point favorite, total 222 and a half. Uh, totals in this series, three overs, two unders so far. Really could easily be four overs and one under if it wasn't for uh, the dry uh, the, the, uh, the dry uh, uh, area there at the end of uh, game number three where no one scored in the last four minutes. Uh, but, Adam, I look, uh, to me, this feels like a tight game where five is too many points uh, where I'm going to be looking to take Phoenix, but it feels like Milwaukee wins a tight one to wrap this thing up tomorrow night. You know, it certainly feels that way, although I will, of course, caution everyone again. I mean, if you think about this, if this is going to be a tight game, and I expect it to be that case, I think Phoenix is going to get locked in defensively. They know, again, we talk about what what needs to happen offensively, and it does, but at the same time, I don't expect that. I think both teams are going to have a tough time with this. Obviously, it's always difficult to close out. So when I look at handicapping this game, I think the, the biggest thing I would look at is, what are the determining factors as you get down the stretch? And I think Chris Paul's play at the lead guard position is going to be huge. I think Monty Williams is going to make some adjustments in terms of uh, how they handle, how the Bucks have, have, you know, guarded them uh, on the perimeter. But I think it's going to come down to Giannis's free throw shooting. And so it's going to be fascinating. It always ends up coming that way. He's going to have to make critical free throws. And we saw the fact that he missed a couple late. And that would have been the story. In spite of how great he's played the last few games, him missing two clutch free throws would have been huge, but the Suns made a mistake at the line. They didn't box out the shooter, and DeAndre Ayton didn't do a good job boxing out. They get a tip out. Uh, Milwaukee's able to close out. I think Giannis's free throws are again going to be the story. If he hits a few, they win. If not, Phoenix wins. But I do agree with you. This thing is going to be a very close game. Adam Stanko with us right now, the VP of content and the executive producer for 24-7 Sports. Adam, before before we let you go, I, I I know the NBA draft is your bread and butter. 
And we're 10 days away. It kind of will, it usually sneaks up on you, but this year really is sneaking up on you just because of the oddity of, of an NBA Finals in July. Uh, right now, the, the biggest market mover actually was the second overall pick where Jalen Green, who played last year in the G League, was, a, was plus 120 two weeks ago. He's now minus 160 at DraftKings to be the second overall pick. Uh, that makes sense to me, Adam, just based off of Houston needing a guard. And a, earlier, Evan Mobley was the favorite, but he plays the same position as, and is very similar to what Christian Wood already gives them. Yeah, I, to me, I think the biggest thing to look at when when it handicapping this this draft is the idea that I don't think this Houston front office, which now has had a complete changeover, everybody forgets from Daryl Morey, it's their first year really to get involved in the draft. So, so I think what we're seeing now is the fact that um, I don't know that they're going to be able to contain information. So this is going to be really interesting to see moving forward, especially with an inexperienced front office. There's usually smoke screens. They try to play this a little bit differently. There's been a lot of talk about Houston moving up to the top spot that they're interested in doing so, not to say that the Pistons would part ways with that pick and, and with eventually Kate Cunningham. But I do think that uh, it seems like Jalen Green's going to be the pick based upon the fact that I think a more experienced front office could probably, um, you know, hide their their moves better than um, than an inexperienced one. But that being said, maybe it is. Maybe there has been a smoke screen. We'll all be surprised moving forward. But I do think Jalen Green ends up being the pick. I personally love Jalen Suggs. I think Evan Mobley also is going to be a standout. I like both those guys a little more than Jalen Green, actually. But um, I do think um, Jalen Green ends up being the number two pick overall. Adam, we have about about a minute here. Just looking at the rest of this draft, obviously number one through four seems pretty set. Cunningham one, and then some order of Green, Mobley, Suggs one, two, three, four. Once you hit number five, who's someone that you would look at uh, at the fifth overall pick and say, "All right, this would be my guy here." Well, a guy that I would say two guys I would, I would point out that are really interesting. Scotty Barnes is one from Florida State. Um, who, I mean, his measurables are, are remarkable. He's explosive. He jumps out at you when you watch video of him. I know that a lot of front offices are excited. There's even talk that he's going to crack that top four, which has seemed impenetrable, uh, you know, at the, at the start of the year. And then uh, another guy, I wouldn't take it five, but just that I would have on people's radars, Davion Mitchell. I mean, people saw him in the NCAA tournament. They saw what he was able to do there. He's an Auburn transfer. But I will say this about Davion Mitchell. I know the Warriors love him. I know there's a handful of teams that really love what he can bring to the table. Cause even though he's not an older guy, like Chris Duarte who's 24, he's still going to be able to be an impact player for you year one because of what he does defensively and the decision-making and offensive ability that he had. Well, after watching him in the NCAA tournament, uh, again, he, it doesn't matter. He's older to me, Adam, he's going to be an ex exactly. at a bare minimum, exactly. an excellent defender uh, at the next level. He's Adam Stanko. You can get him on the tweets at Naismith lives the uh, VP of content and an executive producer for 24 seven sports. Adam, it's awesome to catch up with you. Thanks for being with us this morning. It was too long, Jeff. Hope we do it again soon. Absolutely. Uh, always love catching up with Adam Stanko and uh, look, I think tomorrow night it's going to be tight. I don't know if Phoenix wins, but I think that game is going to be tight. All right. The Baltimore Ravens. Did they add enough to help out Lamar Jackson's passing game? This offseason, we'll break down the Ravens next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know. But I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to a numbers game here on VSIN. Of course, a numbers game brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander this week. Jason Kahn is here as well. Shout out to the crew as always. And and keeping me in line this morning as well. So a job well done by everyone. Of course, everyone downstairs uh, here at the South Point. It's nice to be back in the South Point studio. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Always love doing shows from here. Uh, let's go. Let's continue our AFC North look ahead uh, again. If you if you missed the first hour, I'm very high on the Cleveland Browns. I have the Cleveland Browns winning the AFC North over ten and a half wins, and Cleveland to win the North at plus one fifty at BetMGM. Those are my two favorite bets from the perspective of the Cleveland Browns. Let's go to the Ravens here, and I'm going to say this 
right out of the gate. I'm not sure how bettable everything is with Baltimore. Baltimore right now plus one. 15 to win the North, plus 750 to win the AFC, 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, win total 11. And you look at the Ravens, schedule is not the easiest, but not surprising there. But here's the deal with Baltimore it doesn't matter how difficult their schedule is. If they, when they've gotten competent quarterback play in the John Harbaugh era, whether it was Flacco or now Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens seemingly always go over their win total, regardless of how high it is. And you look at their schedule, look, early season, they have a pretty re, pretty manageable schedule those first, really up until week number 12. The back end is where it gets a little bit difficult. But Baltimore is going to rack up a lot of wins early in this season. Uh, I went through the entire schedule uh, because I'm a, I'm a crazy person and picked every single game every uh, individually, and Baltimore through the first eight games I have out to a six and two start. Pretty good. I have them losing to Kansas City, and I also have them going to out uh, at elevation in Denver and losing to the Broncos because the Broncos play well uh, at mile high early in the season, especially when teams are trying to adjust and still get their legs underneath them. If you look at Baltimore, the big question. More so than the defense, because that defense is still pretty darn good. Uh, you're good at corner. Look, I, Marcus Peters has his problems, but uh, he's still good. Marlon Humphrey is one of the most underrated guys in the entire league. Uh, Patrick Queen was great in his first year in his rookie season. Good defensive line. They're they still a top-notch defense. So the answer to the second question, I think, is yes. Uh, is their defense still uh, top-tier or elite? But the big question mark is, did... Baltimore get enough weapons to push Lamar Jackson forward as a passer. Lamar Jackson is the best running quarterback in the history of the NFL. Sorry if you think it's Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson is better. He's faster. He's more elusive. Again, grew up watching Vick. But Lamar is better as a runner. There is no doubt about that, in my opinion at least. The wide receiver question is what the question mark is for this team. You go out, you sign Sammy Watkins, you draft Rashad Bateman in the first round. So two first-round wide receivers now in the Lamar Jackson era, of course, Hollywood Brown three years ago. Running back-wise, they're still loaded. Uh, of course, Dobbins is there. Uh, your guy, the, Gus, the, the beloved Gus Bus is there. And, uh, and by the way, uh, Todd Gurley looks like uh, he could be going to the Ravens. Not there yet, but they are linked. If they end up with Todd Gurley, that would be a heck of an, a, uh, an addition if Gurley ended up in Baltimore. You still have an elite tight end to Mark Andrews, but the big question for the Ravens is will Lamar Jackson become an elite passer? He's a solid passer, but he needs to take the ne next step if Baltimore is going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, especially playing in a conference with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, where the Ravens and KC now have played, again, they've played three times now, and Kansas City has handled them every single time. The, be the best opportunity in the three years of Lamar Jackson for Baltimore to have beaten Kansas City was actually Lamar Jackson's rookie year, which was the the heave on fourth and long from Mahomes to Hill that forced overtime, and then Kansas City went on to win that game against the Ravens. But if Lamar improves as a passer, Baltimore is going to be a tough out as always. But even with that, as you see, 
I have Cleveland sweeping Baltimore, and I know that has not happened since the Browns came back into existence. But I'm high on Cleveland, as I said before. The Ravens are still a bet-on team. They're always going to be a bet-on team in the John Harbaugh era. But this is a team that is going to go 12-5. and five. They're going to safely be in the playoffs. The, to make the playoff market, you're laying a price that's probably safe. But for me, I would probably go over 11. That would probably be the market that I would touch more than anything. When we get back, we're going to look at the teams I have finishing in third and fourth, the Steelers and the Bengals. That's next on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. season is right around the corner and that means the Eastern college football betting guide is coming soon our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal key games on the schedule and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season the guide's only $19.99 and discounts are available when you buy early so now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for Vison all access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. It is a numbers game here on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you here on a Monday. Let's continue our, N- our, our NFL previews, the AFC North. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the defending champions in the division, which, again, we know Pittsburgh was the last unbeaten a year ago, started 11-0, and then a COVID-postponed game because of the multiple postponements of that Thanksgiving week game against Baltimore. The Washington game gets postponed to a Monday afternoon in Pittsburgh, and the Washington football team went in there and won, and that started a complete downward spiral for the Steelers where they lost four of their last five in the regular season, still held on to win the division, and then got clocked in the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, right now, 4-1 to one to win the North at Ben MGM, 22-1 to one to win the AF- AFC Championship, 40 40- to one to win the Super Bowl, and then eight and a half on the season win total, which I understand. If you're betting under, you're betting on a team that does not go under 500, and a team with again Mason Rudolph and Devlin Duck Hodges playing quarterback two years ago found its way to eight and eight two years ago. Still, but here's the deal though with the Steeler team, and I am I love their under eight and a half, and I understand you're play. I'm playing with a little bit of fire with going against Mike Tomlin in the regular season, at least from racking up wins in the regular season. Of course, there's some interesting in-game decisions that Tomlin's made through the years, but he's still an elite regular season coach. Their offensive line is a mess. It is a complete mess. Totally new look. Uh, Again, Zach Banner is going to be asked to do a lot of left tackle, uh, uh, Okrafor at left tackle is an unknown. Uh, they did sign Trey Turner, who, again, I'm not sure how much he has left at the guard position. But the Steeler offensive line is going to be the cause for this this mess of a season for a Pittsburgh. And, and look, their defense is still really good. Melvin Ingram is visiting there today. If they sign Mel- Melvin Ingram, 
that is going to be a really good defense. And could that defense torpedo my under here? Absolutely. That defense could score a lot of points. They could set up points, give short fields for Ben Roethlisberger, who, by the way, I think would be better off uh, as as a shot put uh, guy in the Olympics as opposed to a quarterback in the NFL at this point with lots left in his arm. I think he's washed. But the path is there for Pittsburgh to go over. But for me, that offensive line is going to be one of the worst in the entire league. And when you have a quarterback that is losing mobility like Roethlisberger, who, again, throughout his year, or his career, I should say, his, for a guy that big, his evasiveness in the pocket to avoid sacks was always a calling card to Big Ben's success and the Steelers' success. And also, too, Najee Harris, who is one of the betting favorites, the second betting favorite at about 6-1 to one to win the offensive rookie of the year. I don't know how, how, how he's going to function behind an offensive line that, that that is that poor. And I would not bet Najee Harris to win the offensive rookie of the year. I, I can't bet on a guy who's playing behind a terrible offensive line as a, as a running back. It's a little bit different as a quarterback when you have the ball in your hands, but you're so you're so dependent on that offensive line to be even competent. And I don't think it's going to be. And I think the bottom they're going to be a bottom five offensive line in the NFL this year. And it's so odd to say about a Pittsburgh team that their offensive line had been a model of consistency in this league. And now it's a complete and other mess. And that and Big Ben being just done is going to torpedo this season. Now, 6-11, and 11, I, I, look, I originally had them at 5-12. and 12, And I went back and I looked. I'm like, wait a second here. Even if the Steelers are bad, they're not going to be seven games under 500. It just doesn't happen with that franchise. And I went through it, and look, I just couldn't find any extra wins. I really can't. I, I, their road games are really difficult this year. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for Green Bay, maybe they pick up a win in, in Lambeau. Maybe they win in Tennessee later this year. Maybe they win in Chicago. But look, they're they're a team that I just I, I just don't see being any good. Or excuse me, uh, they get Chicago at home. I have them winning that game actually already. But look, this team's not good. The offensive line is that bad that I think it's going to torpedo the season and it, it's going to outweigh a defense that could very easily be a top 5-10 defense yet again with the elite players on that defense. Of course, Minka Fitzpatrick at the back end, T.J. Watt at the front end. But that offensive line, too big of a liability. Steelers under 8.5 and, and a fade. I, I like Buffalo a lot week one. I think Buffalo is going to come out and hammer them to open the season there in western New York. Uh, let's go to the Bengals here. Look, the Bengals are a little more complicated here. Should they finish in last? Yes, I understand that. I, I do think they will finish in last. I have them with four wins. The concern for me with the Bengals is I don't know what Joe Burrow's knee is going to look like right out of the gate. If Joe Burrow's knee looks good and he looks healthy, I may alter a little bit on Cincinnati. I may add a win or two when it gets closer to the season going through the schedule grid. Because I have them getting off to a a horrible start because I don't think Burrow's going to be comfortable early. And again, it's an offensive line that's still, again, they, they, they're the league's worst. They're a horrible offensive line still, even even though they, it's, it's a little, a, a smidge better than it was a year ago in the offensive line that, again, Burrow got hurt behind a year ago. If Burrow's healthy... I don't know how many games this team's going to win, and it's a low win total at six and a half. I'd still lean to the under, even if Joe Burrow is healthy. 
but they'll at least be fun to watch. They have really good pieces over there. I, I really like the, the the drafting of Jamar Chase, even though Pinisul would have been a, a really good addition to help that, that already struggling offensive line. But they have three. Assuming Chase is good, that top three of the wide receiving core that Burrow has is one of the better ones in the league. Tyler Boyd is a legitimate wide receiver. Borderline number one to me. T. Higgins was really good in the second half of the season. Before Bur- the second half of Burrow season, I should say. And Jamar Chase and Burrow obviously have the familiarity. Look, the Bengals are very simple. I think their defense will stink. I think their offensive line will stink. I think it takes Burrow a while to get comfortable. They look a lot better in the second half of the season. They still go under and fade them early, even though they're probably going to be relatively big dogs most of the time. When we get back, Matt Hamilton of NFL Network's Good Morning Football. I'll ask him his thoughts of the AAC North, and I'll let him critique my predictions of the division. That's next here on the Numbers Game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. With BetMGM's Money Monday Club, a $10 free bet will automatically be added to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. That's right, you'll wake up with a $10 free bet every Monday for just betting $50 during the previous seven days. Get rewarded for your bets every week at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Money Monday Club not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander for the next two weeks. And now with me, one of my one of my good friends in the industry, uh, works for Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. It's my guy, Matt Hamilton. Hammer, how you doing this morning, buddy? I'm good, Jeff. I'm excited to be back with you and uh here on this platform too. Yeah, and and and, and you were you, you were saying it would have been a mess to get you on camera. You you look great, man. I come come on now. You, uh, you I appreciate it, man. <laughs> So, Matt, let the, I've been breaking down the AFC North, the, the whole show, and we're going to just go from last year's standings and work our way down. So, Pittsburgh defending AFC North champs, 12-4 and four a year ago, horrible stretch down at the end of the season, losing four to our last five, and then got destroyed at home by Cleveland in the division in the wild card weekend. Steelers are the third favorite now, Matt, 4-1 to one to win the division. I, I just said in the last segment, 6-11, for me on Pittsburgh, I know that seems wildly low, but man, I just couldn't find wins. And with that hard schedule and a bad offensive line, this seems like it's going to be the worst year in a long time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it is hard to imagine six and 11. I, I don't know if I'm willing to go quite that low, but you hit it on the head as far as their issues that that offensive line is going to be a mess. They were, they were bad last year and they lost probably their two best players in DeCastro and Pouncey. So it's hard to see that that unit's really going to come together. And you have the questions with Big Ben. Is he truly washed or was he having some difficulties coming off of that elbow surgery, just building back up? And then maybe he got a little fatigue having to throw, you know, by the end of the season, he was having to throw 40, 50 times a game because they couldn't run the ball behind that offensive line. So you wonder Maybe it was a little more fatigued than it was him being washed, but still there are a ton of concerns there. We know the defense is going to be good, but in an absolutely loaded division, I'm not sure that offense is, is going to be able to keep up. Matt, uh, just uh, you bring up Big Ben, and and look, it goes hand in hand. Bad offensive line, aging quarterback, it's probably not going to end well. But for, for me, Matt, again, even with that big, that great defense, the offensive line is poor, and, and it that makes the draft pick of Najee Harris, who I really like coming out of Alabama, I understand why it made sense why the Steelers did it, but behind an offensive line, this should be a struggle for a rookie who currently is the second betting favorite in the offensive rookie of the year markets. 
Yeah, and and it did make the pick curious. I th- I truly thought they were going to try to address the offensive line there, even with all the rumors swirling that they're going to draft Najee. But um, but I think the one thing when you look at at his game, because everybody sees him, he's a big, powerful guy, and they think he's he's just this like run between the tackles, pounded out kind of running back. But really, he's incredibly versatile. He's an excellent route runner, and he's got, he has really soft, natural hands. So I think we're going to be seeing him a lot in the passing game. So while I agree, there, it might be tough sledding in the running game for him with that offensive line. He'll be able to create, create some extra yards because of his power. I think where he can really do damage, I think they're going to try to use him the way they use Le'Veon Bell in the past and line him up in the slot even at times and just uh, allow Ben to get some easy completions that way, especially if his arm arm strength isn't quite what it was. Matt Hamilton of NFL Networks, good morning football with us right now here on a numbers game. Let's go to Baltimore, who last year finished in second. I, I Matt, I have the Ravens finishing in second again, a 12-win season I have upcoming for the Ravens. Uh, and the big question more than anything, and this is going to be the question about them until they get to or win a Super Bowl is, is Lamar Jackson a good enough thrower? And, and Matt, the other the other thing that's coupled with that is, did they do enough this offseason to help Lamar Jackson out? They drafted Bateman in the first round out of Minnesota. They signed Sammy Watkins. Was that enough to push Lamar forward as a passer? Yeah, that that is going to be the biggest question because they haven't done enough in the past. Uh, Hollywood Brown is a great deep threat. He's not a number one. Um, obviously, Willie Sneed was not a number one. No. Um uh, even close to it. So uh, they draft Bateman with the expectations of him being that guy. He's a really well-rounded receiver. He's got great hands. Uh, he's not going to, you know, take the top off the defense, but they don't necessarily need that because they have that in Hollywood Brown. So I think he is a good compliment there. When you pair him with him and with Mark Andrews, I think they really have something now because I think last year that was a bottom five receiving core in the NFL. So while a lot of the criticism fell on Lamar Jackson, for not growing the passing game, I think it should have been equally placed on the construction of that roster and the way they built that passing game. Because again, you can win in the regular season with their, with their system, with that run heavy offense, but we've seen it time and time again with them in the playoffs. You got to be able to throw the ball in January consistently. They couldn't do it against the bills. It was as abysmal a showing as you could possibly have. And it was good to see them react to that. Because we know the defense is going to be good. We know the run game is going to be good. You're right. It's all about this passing game and if they can take that next step. And I, I believe there's a there's a real there's a real chance that they can, that we can see another level from Lamar Jackson this year. Matt, uh, defensively speaking for Baltimore, the unit on paper looks really good yet again. Uh, just uh, the, the, the question mark for me, uh, really, uh, again, and it's not really a big question, is just uh, – how does Deshaun Elliott have another good season back there at free safety? Can Chuck Clark continue to be a top-notch safety like we saw the last uh, last year? Just is that secondary still good enough there to really keep that defense at a high level, Matt? I think so. I think what we saw out of them last year was legitimate. We know the corner play is is as good as as anybody in mm-hmm. the league. Um, and I expect that to continue. And yeah, it was those safeties were a really big question mark heading into last season. And it was incredible to see the way that they stepped up. 
um, and and how good both of those guys were. You worry about the pass rush maybe a little bit without Matthew Judon there. Obviously, they added some pieces they drafted to try to uh, to try to bolster that front. But um, but that's probably the bigger the bigger question mark I have with that defense is is how that pass rush is going to look. Matt, let's go over to Cleveland. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I have the Browns at fourteen and three, which is a massively steep record. Obviously, boy, it's still weird to say a seventeen-game record, but uh, I guess we're going to have to get used to yeah. that uh, as we go along. I, I have the Browns over ten and a half wins and plus one fifty to win the division as actually my two favorite bets in the AFC North. But but Matt, it all starts. And ends with Baker Mayfield, who took the leap forward last year uh, to at least being a, an above-average quarterback. Matt, I think the leap to a legitimate MVP candidate is in the cards for Baker Mayfield this year. Yeah, it's it, it's not out of the question. But still, I think what Kevin Stefanski brought to this offense, just he figured out how to put Baker in the best possible position to succeed because we saw them try to air it out with Freddie kitchens and have him dropping back 35, 40 times a game. And it just, it didn't work. And now this offense is, is built through the run game first and they put Baker in favorable positions because they force you to load the box that to deal with Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. And uh, their play action game is as good as anybody's in this league. So it's really, they've done a really good job scheming to get the best out of him. And he's stepped up and he's, he's taken the opportunity and run with it. And this Browns team as a whole, we've talked about all the other questions these teams have in this division. I have the few, I agree with you. I have the fewest questions about the Browns. We know the offensive line is great. They're going to be able to run, run the crap out of the ball. We know they can throw when they have to, especially with Odell coming back and, and by the way, Odell was fantastic last year before he was hurt. I know the numbers weren't there, again, because it's a volume-rushing offense. But when they needed him to step up and make plays, he did it week in and week out before the injury. And then on the defensive side of the ball, the secondary was was a mess last year. And all they focused on this offseason was, was rectifying that between bringing in John Johnson and Troy Hill from the Rams, drafting Greg Newsom. Even drafting Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in the second round, he's the best. He was the best coverage linebacker in this draft, and we saw them kind of get ripped apart by tight ends at times last year. So they really went all in this offseason on on shoring up some of those weaknesses. And uh, I don't really think there is a weakness in this Browns team, as crazy as that is to say. Um, what a turn! This man. Team is loaded. What a yeah. turn! What a turn from what it's been for for. Uh, over two decades, basically, and now the Browns a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Matt, we have about 30 seconds. I just want to ask you about Cincinnati. Uh, when do you think Joe Burrow starts looking like the guy that we saw before the knee injury last year? I mean, hopefully hopefully it's going to be sooner rather than later. It's all uh, To me, it's more a mental thing than a physical thing coming off of a catastrophic leg, leg injury like that for a quarterback. You have to think about stepping into your throws when there's traffic around you in the pocket, continuing to go through your progressions, keep your eyes downfield, and and stay confident with your throws. And we saw Derek Carr have some issues with that. We saw it obviously with Carson Wentz. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him is feeling comfortable in that pocket and feeling confident. He's Matt Hamilton of NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Get him on the tweets at Matt Hamilton25 as well. Hammer, it's always. A pleasure to catch up with you. We'll do it again soon. Always great, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, this has been fun today, Jason Kahn.
This has been a fun, a fun show. I'll be back all week. I'll be here next week as well here on a numbers game. Uh, again, Cleveland Browns, buy stock in the Browns, guys. Winning the division, going over that win total. That's the big takeaway from today's show for me. The Lombardi line up next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This has been a numbers game. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.